I guess it's just safe to say that this is going to be the last podcast. For the time so. being. Yeah. Wait, really? No. <laughs> no, I was trying to make a joke there, but you, you caught me. I thought you were being sincere. <laughs> I actually don't know. I actually don't know for sure. We might be able to fit one in next week, but realistically, this is probably the last one of the year. Yeah. <laughs> it was I mean, the joke. last one that we had was quite a big gap. That was, not really. It was only like two weeks ago. No, I, I, I mean... No, a week ago. The gap from... Oh, before, before that, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I had to go home to Ireland. But yeah, but like probably the last one of the year, realistically. We could street one in next week, but with Christmas and work and everything else, this is probably be the last one. It might so. be, yeah. It might be. Yeah, it would have been cool to end the year with the last episode of season 33, but kind of cool too. It's like the last, the second last episode, keep you waiting. Yeah, and then you gotta wait. Boom. Yeah, January for the for season finale. But yeah, anyhow, guys, welcome to Dylan and Sebastian have since this podcast. The podcast myself and Sebastian here do, because I can do whatever I want, mom and dad. Yeah. yeah, and one question before, before we it. start. Yeah, What's your favourite flavour of Naked Smoothie? My favourite flavour of Naked yeah. Smoothie? The green one, the blue one, the mango one, the red one. What's the one with matcha in it? Is that that one? Does this have matcha It might be the lighter it's green It's green, one. but it's not got matcha in it. No. no. Let me see what flavour is this. This is very interesting. It's got my favourite fruit in there. Apple, kiwi, pineapple, and spirulina, sp- sp- spirulina smoothie. And vitamins. Yeah. My favourite fruit. So. <laughs> is your favourite fruit kiwi? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Why does that make sense? <laughs> I don't know. It just makes sense you like a, you like a good kiwi. I do like I mean, it. I like kiwis kiwi's too. Kiwi's unbelievable. I have a uh, unpopular way that I eat kiwis. Go on. Whole. Do you know what? I've tried it a few times. I like it. It's but fine. Not every time for me. People are always like, it's hairy. Like, you don't taste it. So is a peach. Hmm? So is a peach. Yeah, exactly. Peach so sauce. are most fruits that you eat the skin off of. Yeah. Obviously, I don't have the you know the the, the crunchy bit on top. <laughs> Even strawberries got hair. Yeah, Raspberries. everything. Exactly. Honestly, anyone here who's like you're a crazy person, just give it a go. Don't have the little stone bit on top that you'll die. But yeah. try to eat the kiwi whole. It makes life so much easier rather than getting the spoon and it's being nice. awkward about it. I mean, if you like sour stuff, definitely eat the skin. Yeah. It's, it's like ultimate. Sour. You, get, you get to. Taste it all. Taste all the good goodness. Get all those nutrients in. You know, it's like when you don't have crusts on bread when you're older. When you try it, and you're like, oh, this is fine, and it makes the sandwich better. In my yeah. opinion, if it's like a freshly baked bread, the crust is the best. Crust is the highlight. Yeah, yeah. it's like good, like sourdough bread. Yeah. The crust is fantastic. Yeah, toasted sourdough. Yeah, but anyhow, let's jump in. I'm getting hungry just thinking about all these delicious foods. Today we are reviewing Meat is Murder, which is the 21st episode of the 33rd season. And oh boy, this one is a doozy. <laughs> and a studio album by The Cure. Sorry, oh really? By The Smiths. I guess oh that's... god, that's so bad that I said that. It's okay. I mean, you would have fooled me. <laughs> yeah, it's a studio album by The Smiths. By The Smiths. Meat that's probably the reference that, then, that they're making. So, yeah. I was thinking that it sound... definitely is the reference they're making, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't know it was anything. So I was like, that's a very serious name. To give yeah. your episode when it's not really that much about meat. But that makes sense. They're obviously making a reference to that. Okay. But yeah, jumping straight in. We jump in on 50 years ago. We're in a comedy club and a host says that George Carlin, Albert Brooks and Richard Pryor are coming up. But first, a comedian who's surely just as skatingly intelligent. Krusty the Clown. And just to be a commoner for a second, the ones he mentioned were like three comedians who were considered like people who made yeah. stand-up comedy into like a more mainstream medium just because of how great their material was so he's basically they're all coming up these great comedians and surely Krusty the Clown is just as good and then Krusty comes up and he's like 
Ah, sports these days, huh? Pretty big. And the biggest game of all is the Super Bowl. It's just a bowling ball with the Superman logo on it. <laughs> so cringe. No laugh, obviously. And then one guy just goes, how is your comedy ending the war? He didn't cut to him driving along the road, looking at lone, the different stores that like convey how sad he is. One is Lonely Liqueurs, Hacks Hotel, and Worth a Try Burger. And he goes, ah, even the Hacks gotta eat. He goes in and the owner welcomes him in knowing that he has many choices of burgers and uh, he gets the burger to him instantly with his triple flip patty. Worth mentioning as well that this guy who we'll find out later his name is Augustus Redfield is brilliantly voiced I thought by John yeah. Lithgow. Do you know who John Lithgow is? No. Fantastic actor. The thing people would know him best from like the most mainstream thing would be that he voices Lord Farquaad in Shrek. Okay. You'll, you'll hear that voice. This, um, this triple flip yeah like spatula thing so mm. something out of spongebob oh that's so true actually yeah yeah just trying to make Krabby patties as efficiently <laughs> as possible <laughs> that's true i mean efficient way to run a business but yeah he gets a burger to him and across he's like whoa that was fast the most appealing part of fast food and he says that business has been slow even with their with their radio ad Crusty says that they're way too modest, that their business can thrive with the right support. But then cut to 50 years later, it's obviously a reference to the founder, the thing that happened with McDonald's. We see this business has turned into Krusty Burger, and they're celebrating, so it's an ad, celebrating Krusty Fest and the 50th anniversary of Krusty Burger. One thing I will say is it was a bit like, what the hell, the Krusty is plus 50 years old? Like, how old is this man? And he yeah. looks the exact same in the flashbacks as he does in the regular mm-hmm. timeline of the show, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, it's the anniversary, and in the commercial he announces the return of many major mascots, such as Burger Reynolds, Grilly Cheese King, Jack Pickleson, and Patty Melton John. And Homer's watching the ad being like, Patty Melton John? I remember when he sang for Princess Fry's funeral. And he tells the marriage to cancel their trip to Denmark and we see Marge in like a Denmark type outfit and clogs and she just clogs away in sadness. Yeah. It's all very like random jokes. It's this episode's all over the place, yeah. man. It is so chaotic. But we'll, I was gonna say we'll get we'll get into it. We're we're currently in we're it. In it. Yeah, so we will continue. It was just so rapid. Uh, so many moments I was like, this needs to slow down a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it didn't take a moment ever, it just kept going. We didn't cut the Krusty Fest. We see Sideshow Bob signing autographs at a Krusty Show booth. And Kirk goes up and signs. he signs his chest, Die Kirk Die. Great little reference to one of the show's best episodes. We can see that Bart finds a room screening Me and the Space Clown. And it's a, it's a movie. He said, he said it's the only one that, that's not in a landfill. The only copy is on a landfill. And we see the Krusty's playing in Alien that's going to die unless every boy and girl buys a super sized meal at full price as money is his oxygen it ends up working and he gets revived back to life and flies back to his hamburger planet I don't suppose you know what this weird little bit was a reference to so there's a movie called Mac and Me that's considered like one of the worst movies of all time like any like you know 100 even like 10 worst movies of all time this movie will pop up but it's like it's like a blatant ripoff of E.T., but it was, like, entirely funded by McDonald's. 
Oh. So it's like a giant commercial for McDonald's, but with this like little alien young boy relationship like forced into it, basically. And yeah, it's considered like just a, a huge moment of tragedy for that franchise, basically. So that's what it's a reference to. We ain't cut to marriage bringing Lisa and Grandpa a burger, but Grandpa vowed never to eat a burger made by that clown. And he has his reasons, and ooh, what's he talking about? Lisa says it's nice to have someone to be grumpy with, and Grandpa's like, of course, I mean, we're gra- we're Gramsa, you know, Grandpa and Lisa. And Lisa's like, oh, that's why you always say that. And we see she has a cognitive test for Abraham Simpson up on her phone, she gets rid of it. We didn't cut to Homer going to a boot selling hamburgers for 25 cents, and he opens a pillowcase full of coins and requests 100 burgers. And the squeaky voice scene is like... He requests a pillowcase full of burgers. Yeah. What? That, that's what he says. He says oh, oh, a pillowcase full of burgers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 100 burgers. And then, yeah, yeah. And, and the squeaky voice scene is like, where, where are you going to put them all? He's like, pillowcase full of pillowcases. <laughs> we didn't cut to him like wheelbarrowing them out with barge. And he tells him that he's so proud to finally have a legacy to bestow upon him. Hamburgers. We cut back to Grandpa telling Lisa about the Simpsons curse that whenever they get get anything good it gets taken away from them we see birds coming for the burgers and homer's like oh burger hawks and birds like punch him in the beaks and they start crying as the birds just take all the burgers from them we didn't get to crossies backstage somewhere eating caviar and he's like mm, all these fish i'll never be fish and then augustus redfield the man from earlier much older version obviously uh turns up and uh of course, he just thinks he's a fan, and he's like, oh, you know, g- give an autograph saying uh, kind regards. But he says he's chairman of the Red Star Corporation, and that he's here to destroy him. Then, of course, he's like, oh, just regards, then. That he, oh, he, he puts on his old, like, worth a try burger hat, and Krusty asks how the business is treating him, and he says that he's now the ninth richest man in the world. And Krusty's like, all right, all right, warm regards. And he says that he bought the parent company and his first act is firing Krusty Burger is firing Krusty from Krusty Burger the Krusty show Krusty Enterprises and he can no longer call himself Krusty the Clown Krusty or Clown and he also owns all of his side whistle noises (laughs) then Krusty runs up on stage telling everyone that he's like part of a coup and Homer goes we love you Krusty and then that guy comes up at Gus and he's like all hamburgers are now 24 cents and Homer's like let our new hero speak he tells him that this is the day every billionaire longs for finally getting revenge on the clown that wronged them and he's like if only my partner was here to celebrate with me and then Grandpa realizes that it's, it's, it's him and Homer's like no it's not dad nothing is you he runs through like a stream, like like a pool filled with orange soda to get to Augustus and they hug and Gus is like, my old friend, I'm about to change your life. And Homer just shouts out like, Dad, it's not you. We didn't go back to 50 years later again. This was weird also, like that it was like a twist that Grandpa worked with him. I don't think it was much of a twist. You could have you just had him there at the beginning. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was weird just to... He mentioned the Krusty at the beginning about him having a partner, but you don't see the partner. But I wasn't really like, oh, who is it? And and then, and then when Grandpa's, like, refusing to eat the burger and that he has his reasons, I'm like, well, it's him that's his partner then. Like, it wasn't the very, oh, I didn't see that coming. You know what I mean? But, yeah, we come back to 50 years ago. We see Krusty is outside of the Worth a Try burger entertaining children. And he's, like, enticing them into the restaurant. And Abe and Gus are thrilled with how he's developing the business. 
being cut to Crossy asking for more money, even though he already owns one third of the of the company. And it, he says that either they get more money or he's out. And we just cut to Abe, a young Abe, and goes throwing Crossy into the bin. But that was like the thing that threw me off about Crossy like looking the same is that he's with an older Abe. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, a, a much younger Abe looking the exact same way that he does in the regular time on the show. You know what I mean? Okay, they could do something, something small I had him be skinny or something. Mm-hmm. But they had tossed him into the trash and Krusty says they'll regret this and we cut to him building a Krusty burger right next to Worth a Try Burger and um, he's able to make the burgers just as fast with with the Krusty Burger triple flipper and Abe was like, We knew he stole jokes, but entire casual dining business plans? Gus says he'll get revenge, but Grandpa curls up into a ball of fear after he says it. We cut to the present, just him in the Simpsons living room, and he's still in that same position. Gus asks him to be on his board of directors, and Marge is like, Abe, you love sitting. And he asks him to join, join him on, on his jet to New York, and Grandpa says he needs to think about it. And Homer's like, now you'll be a Republican because you're rich and greedy. Not because you're old and you don't know how to change the channel. But Grandpa says that he's too afraid of the Simpsons curse to, you know, really give this a proper try. But Lisa says he can break it. He says he'll only give it a try if Lisa joins him as he needs his Gramsa. And then Homer's like, what is my favorite of the episode? I think he's like, Dad, since you got a rich friend, what about our special bond? What about Grover? Or Hampa? It's just like Grandpa and Lisa getting into the the jet together. He's like, Abel, is that a bond? Is it? But also, I mean, I understand Homer's stupid, so he would say this. But mm, yeah, this doesn't make sense because it's his dad, not Grandpa. <laughs> well, he's said that before. Okay. Calls him Grandpa all the time. Yeah, that that, oh, that joke made several times. Yeah, <laughs> him calling him Grandpa. I swear there was one in. That episode we reviewed in the 32nd season, The Man from Grandpa. Oh, yeah. Or he's, I can't remember what the exact joke was, but he was like, oh, he, he sees like Grandpa's ID and it says Abe Simpson, and he's like, wait, isn't his name Grandpa? <laughs> oh, that was a forgettable episode. I mean, that was ages ago, to be fair, but yeah. It was, it was, it was better than this episode, in my opinion. Yeah. But yeah. They're, um, they're on the jet together, and Gus starts singing like a pure imagination parody as they fly on his private jet. And he says that he adores having more than Bill Gates' separation. And Lisa says she abhors all this waste of fuel and greed and that she wants to change the world. It's, it's parody of the Pure, Pure Imagination song from Willy Wonka. So she's like, I want to change the world. And Gus is like, you can't afford it. And in the song, he reveals that he found oil in the North Sea that's tax-free and it's uh, labeled as a tragedy. And uh, we didn't come out of the song and he introduces them to his kids. His two sons and one daughter. I mean, insane guest cast in this episode, to be fair. So you have the dad, voiced by John Lithgow. You have the son, Colby, who's voiced by Paula Tompkins, who people would know best for playing Mr. Peanut Butter in Bojack Horseman. Then his son, Max, is voiced by Seth Green, who, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, also voices Chris and Family Guy. And then the daughter, Christian Ritter, is very iconic, iconic actress. People would know her best for Jessica Jones or Jane in... Breaking yeah. Bad. So, I mean, very, very big cast here. Don't make me cry. Oh, about Jane, yeah. I know. Oh, so sad. Crazy. But, um, Did you ever hear the story about Brian Cranston, like, filming that scene? No. He's told it a couple well, times in he different die. interviews. Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> the scene where she, he watches her die. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you haven't seen Breaking Bad by yeah. now, that's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, I guess spoiler warning if you haven't seen it. But yeah, he's told us a couple of times, actually. He has an, in his autobiography, amazing autobiography, A Life in Parks, 
really extensively, but basically when he filmed that scene, he imagined it was his daughter dying. God. And yeah, he just said like when they turned the cameras off. Obviously, he he couldn't get too emotional as Walter White because because he had to be yeah very stoic. Walter. Yeah, because the moment the, ca- the cameras off, he just started bawling, crying. He just why, got why super method. I don't know. He, he's wanted to feel some sort of sympathy watching this woman die. You know, I guess getting a little method, obviously, and. Yeah, just his daughter was where his brain went to, and then just the moment the cameras turned off, he just got super emotional. Jeez. Yeah, super intense. You fucking imagine his kid Colby is like suggesting business ideas to Gus, being like, "How's about a religion where you're Jesus?" Just seeing the tax implication. Think of it. But his son Max started a, a music festival on an island, but there's no food, water, or way off the island. Obviously, a, re- a reference to the fire festival. <laughs> no biggie. Nobody died. Well, nobody famous died. Okay, I hope none of you like Kenny Chesney. Gus like takes him into a room where he has like the old worth a try burger and like like, like like the old stall and him and grandpa made the burger together and like sing that song together again, the really modest song. His daughter Sheila takes Lisa aside being like, come take a ride with me. And if we see him taking a ride in like a fake simulation but with real horses. And Lisa says she's, she's seen enough. She already saw the the Lean Tower of Pisa and Great Wall of China and she's ready to go back to the imaginary stables. And then Sheila brings out wheatgrass and Lisa's like, oh, the delicious. And she's like, it's for the horses. Like, oh, okay, good. It's, I've been pretending to like that stuff for years. And the horses immediately throw it on the floor. And she says she's planning on turning her father's uh, planet-killing conglomerate into a planet-friendly business and uh, changing the name from Red Star to Green Star. She's looking at a checklist of like things that Lisa would like to hear. And she says their focus will be on protecting polar bears. And Lisa's like, I love polar bears. They're the only creatures that deserve white privilege. And she says, uh, Sheila says her dad's gone soft and she needs to get rid of him. But Lisa says he seems fine. But fun fact. Yeah. You know that polar bears aren't actually white. No? I didn't know that. I can't remember the specific reason why. But yeah. they appear white, but they're not actually white. Is it because they're in Alaska, like, I guess, I and they're so. if they covered in, in snow? If they're in a different environment, they wouldn't look white. That's insane. It's because yeah. they're, in, they're, they're in, like, the coldest... I think so. It's, it's the way the light sort of reflects on them. Yeah. yeah. I truly said, I, I said Alaska. I mean, the South Pole is, like, just said Alaska. There might be some in Alaska. Probably are. <laughs> yeah, but mainly the South Pole. Like, yeah, I guess, yeah, they're, they're in, like, the coldest peak on the planet, so it's, like, they're obviously going to be white, I guess. They're not naturally white. That's they're insane. Not, right. It's not their natural hair colour. But uh, Lisa says this, like Gus seems fine, but Sheila points out that he hired Grandpa, a man who tried to make a phone call with a box of raisins. <laughs> I like this bit as well. And Lisa's like, I, I was hoping you didn't see that. Uh, he calls them phone berries. <laughs> he, he, she says that his first act on the board of directors should be to vote her father out. We didn't come back to at home. We see that Barrett is outraged and watched... Gus and the Red Star Company did to Krusty. We actually, this is my favorite bit of the episode, hands down. <laughs> we we cut to the TV and it's the Herschel Comical Man Show, and nothing Mel is introducing it. This is like they're trying to do a show, but they don't have the rights to do anything on it anymore. Yeah. I thought it was really clever. It's the Herschel the Comical Man Show. I'm your announcer, nothing Mel. And here's a performer who's not violating any termination agreement implied or in writing, him! Yee-hoo, kids! 
Say hi to Mr. Teeny Dog, who's not affiliated with Krusty Enterprises. It's designees or assigns. And we hear Nelson going, ha ha, you don't control your own IP. And unfortunately, until the very end of the episode, this is all we see of Krusty, you know, trying to have a life outside of, you know, his giant <coughs> companies. I would like, I would have liked that yeah. this was more of a side story if he saw more of this. You know, it's there funny was so much potential that this was your favorite bit of the episode. This makes me think: Do you really like the um, like the Simpsons sketch shows? Like, you know, in the early seasons where it's like Troy McClure and it's like this is the best moments of well, those are clip shows. Sorry, yeah, the clip shows. Like yeah, that. yeah. Do you really like them? Not all of them. There's some really lazy ones. I do like the one you just mentioned, the Troy McClure. I think that one's really creative, actually, in the way they do it. I wish they bring it back. Really, yeah. you like more clip shows? I know it doesn't. I was. Really I, I thought well. you were going to say you didn't like them. No, I do. You like them. I, I, they probably won't do well now. No, I think they'd be know. panned, yeah. It's definitely of its time. They're of their time, and it, it wasn't even just The Simpsons. It was a really big thing back in the 90s that, you know, when you'd have, like, a TV show that did, like, 24 episodes a year, stuff like that, if they'd have one episode that was just, like, a very small budget because they're just reusing old footage, yeah. basically. Yeah. That's what they were doing. I was, I was even only watching one of the commentaries recently, and Matt Groening said, like, you know, the show was doing so well that they wanted to do even more episodes a year, like Fox did. They wanted to do like 30 episodes, but the only way they could have done that and made it affordable would be to do like six clip shows. And the whole the writing team was like, that's yeah. excessive. Yeah. Imagine like six episodes a year. That would like kill their legacy. It's, exactly, just, it's yeah. too much. Like, yeah. But he, yeah, it's, they're up their time and like you could appreciate them for what they were because of how old they are. You know what I mean? They but have charm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think so. Like, they, they make jokes about it as well. They're, self, they're self-deprecating yeah. about, you know, how ridiculous they are. I will say that that Troy McClure one, it's in season 7, it's called the 138 episode Spectacular. Yeah. That one shows like the lead scenes and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it does. And yeah. it shows like alternate endings to Who Shot Mr. Burns up. That one's creative, but then there's, there's other ones where it's like, you know, the kids and Marge and Homer talking about like other times they were in love and it's just like five minutes of, you know, footage from, from older episodes. Yeah, those ones are definitely a lot lazier. But I love you, honey. <laughs> I love you, Marge. I mean, we have one of those coming up soon for Seb's Classics. One of those homers. We didn't cut to Sheila telling her brothers to vote their father out, and they all reluctantly agree, but they're worried about Abe, and Sheila says she, she has a, a tree-hugging granddaughter wrapped around her fingers. We didn't cut to a movie theater, and we see that they're watching, just Sheila and Lisa, are watching a musical about trees singing about greenhouse gases. Lisa says the movie is incredibly moving and asks if Sheila made it. And she's like, oh, Chloe Zhao directed. I just put myself down as three different producer credits. <laughs> she says that her focus is to, is to, you know, do more, like, planet-friendly movies like this and to break away from stuff her dad's doing, such as trying to give dogs guns. <laughs> she, she says she can only put this message out to the world that Grandpa votes him out. And Lisa says that she'll make it happen. We didn't get... I mean, obviously the whole thing with the kids trying to bring their dad down stuff is a parody of the TV show, the HBO show, Succession. So we get, like, a Succession-style montage of the kids all making their way to the company. We see Colby leaving his ski resort, Max leaving his fe- his music festival, and Sheila meditating in a Zen garden in a giant RV. They all turn up to the Red Star Enterprises for a meeting, and we cut to the Grandpa and Lisa in the elevator... And I will say, I think the episode's biggest downfall is how fucking long this meeting is. Uh-huh. It's like, probably, like, one-fourth of the episode? 
it goes on for like six minutes. I'm like, this is going on forever. <laughs> we'll get into it. I, I think this scene was the episode's greatest downfall. They're in the, they're in the elevator together and Grandpa's like, Lisa, I'm so glad you made me come here. Who knew having a purpose in life would give my life purpose? Lisa tells Grandpa that Sheila will make a motion that he should vote for. And he says he, he, says he will as he, as he trusts Lisa. And he's just so happy to be with his granddaughter. I thought the, the little bits we had with Lisa and Grandpa here were, were quite sweet. He says, uh, let's take a selfie and uh, photograph this perfect moment. And he takes, he goes to take a selfie. We see he's holding a box of raises. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. We then cut to the board meeting. We get introduced to all members, which is obviously the Redfield family. Angela Merkel is there for some reason. The bald, creepy Shark Tank guy. And quite possibly the show's worst attempt at trying to be relevant. Charlie Day Emilio, TikTok star herself, makes a cringy cameo. My God. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I mean, her line was funny. I will say that. As Angela Merkel goes, what do you do? And she says, I entertain people on their phones while they watch TV. How about you? I will say, I do find myself doing that sometimes. I'm not really a TikTok guy, but I'll be like on Instagram while watching a TV show. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm not even watching the show. I try not to, yeah. I try not to as well, yeah. yeah you I, do end up doing it. Sometimes, sometimes you'll crawl into it. I'm like, oh, fuck me. I'm it depends. glued like, to my phone. If I'm watching like fucking Friends. Yeah, then like, you can do so, that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't watch Friends anyway, but like, yeah. A throwaway TV show yeah. that you've seen before. Yeah, I get that. But it's like, if you're watching one thing, you probably should be watching another. It's, it's, it's definitely so bad for your brain oh, yeah. to even try to do that. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, so so yeah, Charlie D'Amelo was like Angela Merkel, what do you do? And she's like, oh, I'm the only voice of reason in all of Europe. And she's like, oh, cool. How do you monetize that? She's like, I don't. And Sheila then announces that her father is old and the company needs a fresh new face and her two brothers immediately vote with her. And uh, she says that, you know, he, he's, he's going to be working for Cousin Greg soon. We could over to Cousin Greg, who is voice by, I forgot the actor's name, but the real actor who plays Cousin Greg in the show, Succession, which is kind of a cool cameo. I, it didn't make much sense to me, I don't know the show, but it was still a funny line where he goes, um, oh, I get, I get sandwiches for the security guards. Um, it, it, it's harder than it sounds. There's like five types of bread, types of bread now. We cut to Lisa saying to Grandpa that this pitch originally sounded much more enticing and less vicious over virtual horseback riding. And Grandpa decides to do what he didn't do years ago and six with, six with Gus voting no on kicking him out and Gus takes off his were to try burger hat and toss it away and says and like he has like food made as well from his were to try burger stall he kept in his house he tosses all that away as well and says that this is this, this an all an act to to get rid of his kids and that he had no intention of ever making grandpa part of the company so Grandpa realizes that you know he's been cooed and looks at Lisa as if to say like you know what, what what do I do, and then decides to just pretend that he's senile and goes like oh when I voted no I was talking about the Japanese no teether which I saw plenty of when I was stuck in the Pacific stranded on a raft made of mermaid hair like I I turned one I I married one of those mermaids but she had a fish head and lady parts. <laughs> that, among other things, made me what I am today. Mentally incompetent. And Lisa then turns to Gus's accountant and is like, isn't mental incompetence grounds for voiding a vote? And she says it is, so the, the, the vote count now stands at a tie. 
and basically doing that it must have been like a thing that happened in succession i don't know it, it seemed very specific but basically doing that puts the vote at a deadlock and this puts the company on a standstill that could render them bankrupt so basically they can't do anything until grandpa makes a vote but he's too yeah. soon to make a vote it's kind of clever grandpa just goes tough bananas and uh, makes an exit with with lisa and cut them on a bus together going home. Lisa apologizes for them not being able to break the Sips's curse. But Grandpa says that every mistake he's made. Uh, this moment was kind of sweet. He says every mistake he's made in his life led to him having her for a granddaughter. And he says, so I say, I'm, I'm a pretty lucky old guy. And we, they, they drive away and we just see a billboard for puppy guns. Our final little tag, I, I like this bit actually, is that there, we cut the crusty in Israel. We see Krusty is planting potatoes and he looks like he's really at peace. And then the, the leader of the retreat compliments his potatoes, saying they're the best he's ever seen. And Krusty says he's just happy to finally found inner peace. And then the company accountant shows up on the jet and says to Krusty that Augustus was only using Krusty Burger as leverage against his kids. And that he, he, he can have it all back. And like, so early on in the episode, I got to mention that she like took his hair away from him. And then, like, when he's doing the Herschel Man show, he's wearing, like, a, a different wig. So she throws his old hair back at him, and he immediately pulls them on in so much excitement. He jumps onto the ladder of the jet and flies away, and he's just like, I get to be a clown again! And the Israeli guy is like... He was a clown? He was, like, the least funny person on this socialist commune. So, yeah, I think <laughs> you could probably tell from my coverage of this episode how I felt about it. I don't know as much how you felt about it, so as usual, you can go first. Um, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was cohesive. Um, it was hilarious. I thought they really did a good job at sort of like developing the characters. I loved Grandpa and Lisa's relationship. Um, I I loved the cameos as well, especially Charlie <laughs> Domino, the, 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 the Mio, whatever it is. Yeah, Charlie. Well, I sound like such an old man. Oh, Charlie Domino. Who's that? No, on the um, TikTok. <laughs> And yeah, it was just brilliant. Start to finish, I knew exactly what was going on. Like, the story made complete sense. <laughs> um, and Krusty was just so funny. Uh, we saw the best of him in this episode. Far better than, like, what we see of him in classic Simpsons episodes. <laughs> um, so cruel. And yeah, brilliant. Like, phew, 10 out of 10. He smelled venom. Jeez. So, well, one thing I will think, say is I like Grandpa and Lisa in this episode and Krusty. Think of the opposite of what, what you just I've said. Just said. Yeah. That is my review of the episode. 5 out of 10. Actually, exactly what I rated it as well. Really? 5 out of 10, yeah. Uh, the definition of mediocrity, yeah. Second worst episode of the season, apart from Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll get into it more when we, when we do the top three, but I can't imagine myself disliking any episode as much as... That. As is apart from yeah, at the yeah. start of the backstage, of course. Yeah, so basically, you're saying that obviously, yeah, totally, it wasn't cohesive, and you did not know what was going on because there was so much going on. It One, felt like a different cartoon, honestly. It was, it was so, it was so, yeah, it was yeah. really. I don't mean that in like, uh, you know, Gen Z, The Simpsons isn't like it used to be sort of common. It just wasn't. The script wasn't done in a way that it a Simpsons was, episode was. It usually was told. like they got a whole new team to just. Do Simpsons for who like haven't seen an episode of yeah. the show? Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, literally, it was all over the place. Like you said, you're not cohesive, and there were certain points where you're literally like, "What is going on?" And, and do you know what? The most important thing mm. that I'm going to say on this episode, considering how much was going on, yeah. and how quick everything was happening, mm -hmm. it was really boring. Honestly, yeah, because yeah. it gave you no 
point to get invested in anything. Yeah. That's the thing. I know. I totally agree. It's like I found myself wanting to go on TikTok when I was watching. <laughs> oh dear. Well, <laughs> I mean, I will say, I wouldn't say it's the worst part of the episode, but definitely up there is Charlie the Emilio's cameo. I mean, it was just so forced, and you just know. I mean, I didn't see it. I didn't see any promos for this episode. But I feel like. They definitely did promos being like starring TikTok sensation try the Emilio, you know. So all the seventeen year olds and seventy year olds would be like, "Oh, my favorite TikTok star! I'm gonna shoot wow, it." Wow, this is cool again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, Cammy was just so forced. I mean, her one line about you know, um, oh, I, I I entertain people while they watch TV. That was funny. But then it's like they did like little bits throughout that that way too long meeting scene where she's just like doing a little dance and stuff like that, and I was just like. Oh, dear God. Um, getting into what I wrote down, I said, yeah, easily one of my least favorite episodes of the season. It's, um, I said it suffers from trying to do too much in one episode. Grandpa reviving an old business relationship, Lisa and Grandpa's relationship, Krusty losing the rights to his own IP, the history of Krusty Burger, all of those could have been great separate episodes. Yep. But instead, it's all thrown into one 20-minute episode, giving none of these great ideas any real time to shine. I said I thought Christian Ritter, Paula Tompkins, Seth Green, especially John Lickow were great in their roles, but none of them are given a huge chance to really shine, and I thought Sheila in particular was a very two-dimensional villain. It was just so obvious, the whole thing of her being like, I want to turn the company into, you know, a green-friendly company, it's like she was fooling Lisa, but she wasn't fooling the audience for a second, which made me kind of think Lisa's stupid, which Lisa yeah. isn't. So, you know what I mean? That she just instantly believed it. Like, she couldn't see the bullshit that that character was clearly spreading. I said it was a very ambitious episode that could have thrived if it tried to do less. You know what I mean? Which you already said, it was moving too fast, it was trying to do way too much, and because of that, it was actually just not interesting. And it's a shame, I was not this invested. is one of the most sort of like hyped up episodes of the season yeah I guess in terms of like the guest stars yeah. and has some musical numbers you, even, you even can't the name deny of it, when I was looking at the name of it I was like oh this is going to be interesting intriguing like, yeah, yeah yeah. even the plot description is intriguing it was like on Disney Plus it was like grandpa revives a relationship with an old business partner it's like oh that's interesting but yeah then you get into the episode and it's just do it if it was just that what I just said grandpa revives a relationship with an old business partner that'd be fine if you cut out Krusty like I said, good idea for a different episode. But him was just extra stuff going on that was too much. You know what I mean? And I, I will say, I thought Krusty's never funny. You mm-hmm. said you, you, you didn't, well, you sarcastically said you thought it was super funny. You said you, 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 you mean you didn't think Krusty didn't was good. I didn't think Krusty was funny. No? I, I didn't Fair think, I, and to be honest. I mean, the joke is that he's meant to not be funny. Res- but you're saying you didn't even like yeah, that aspect. Yeah. I, I respect what you were saying with, like, since, um, Grandpa and Lisa's relationship. Yeah. But I think everything else sort of spoiled that. So I didn't really care for it. Yeah, I get you. Because it's trying to be the more grounded part of the episode. But because there's just so much anarchy around it, it doesn't really land. You know, I I, I do know what you mean. There's been better... Actually, I was going to say there's been better versions of Grandpa and Lisa's relationship. I actually can't think of that much that we've really seen of the two of them together. So yeah, I guess this episode kind of missed out an opportunity to do that. I did think the bit at the end of them and the boss of him being like, you know, all my mistakes led to me having you as a granddaughter. I thought that was a sweet line, but yeah, I do agree that there's, it, it, it didn't land as well as it could have because of all the fucking shit going on this episode. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about Mita's murder. Even though there's so much happening, it's still somehow incredibly forgettable. 
and by the time we're reviewing an episode of next week I will not remember yeah, it exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah absolutely I, I, was, I definitely prefer to start the backstage but backstage is more memorable I know what you mean you know yeah, yeah. for sure anyhow jumping on to the news Pre-recorded from London City, it's a very bad impression of Kent Brockman letting you know it's time for Simpsons News. Yeah, just one piece of news this week. It's just that they announced a Christmas short that will start streaming on Disney Plus on the 15th of December called Felice Navidad. So it could be cool. The episode will follow Homer, sorry, the short will follow Homer trying to find marriage, the ultimate Christmas gift. And finding it in an opera singer named Andrea Bucelli. Okay. Yeah, so he's going to play himself. And obviously, yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm okay with them doing... It seems to be a thing now that they're, that they're doing the big guest stars in the Disney Plus shorts. Like yeah. they had the Billy Eilish one recently as well. I'm like... Which, that's alright because it's outside of... Yeah, the, I'm okay yeah. with they do that, they do that now. Because it's like, okay, you had a Billy Eilish Disney short. It's only five minutes. That's fine. Rather than if they did a 20-minute episode about Billie Eilish and Lisa. You know what I yeah. mean? I, I'm totally fine with just a, a little short instead. But, yeah, that's, that's really obvious news. I think it could be fun. I like the idea of Homer trying to find Marriage Christmas Gift. That's a nice, simple story that could be course, a nice yeah, short. It's a yeah. classic one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A nice, simple little Homer marriage conflict. It could be fun. We shall see. But, yeah, should we get the Seb's Classics? Seb's Classicos. <laughs> I went for season one again. Yeah. And I went for Homer's Night Out, which yeah. pe- most people Tenth probably episode. consider the start of Simpsons getting really good because this is probably maybe top, definitely top three of this season, I think. Yeah? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't agree, but okay. okay. <laughs> um, and, ob- and this is like sort of where we start this is like a cl- like a classic example of the Homer people like obviously. yeah he's getting like, a little goofier uh, he's, he's not as much as like because yeah in, in the early episodes yeah emotional. for sure in the early episodes of the first season he's very much like the family man you know yeah. whereas yeah here he gets the goofier and you know drunker just looking down the beer another noise of him at the party he's just going <laughs> just inhaling the pints of beer and, and <laughs> relatable this, is, this episode is definitely like a lot more rude yeah, yeah ones, true. There's, there's a lot in of, the like, first season anyway. And things like that. Mm-hmm. And Bart's thing with the the spy camera. That was fun. At the start, I was like, "Where is this going?" Yeah, because it's like a little bit creepy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Because yeah, he's not like taking pictures of the wilderness. So when I was like... hearing like Marge, I couldn't remember when I last watched the episode. Yeah. When I was hearing like he's got the camera and he's about to take a picture of Marge in the bathroom. She's like shaving her armpits. What's she going to be doing? Yeah, she's shaving her armpits. Yeah. And she's like, oh. <laughs> Doesn't like take it outside and he does. He just takes a picture of Roadkill. He's <laughs> a messed up kid. <laughs> and I think this is like just a classic three act structure of hmm. Homer creates a problem. Yeah, that's true. You know, maybe it's an earliest example of that actually. Yeah, a very classic Simpsons trope. Yeah, he creates a problem. The the episode, or sorry, the 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 problem he creates blows out of proportion to something he didn't do, which was the picture around everywhere because of Barrett, and then he has to solve it. Yeah, and one of my favorite bits is when he's in the the bar, and uh, he's like, "Oh, I just I just just have to get a hotel." And Bonnie's like, oh, yeah. no friend of mine. No friend of mine is staying in a hotel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Takes it to his disgusting apartment. 
I, I love the bit as well where he's like looking at the houses and he's like, see that one over there with the porch lights on? That's my house. And he calls up over being like, hey, drop your porch light. Homer's on made of money. <laughs> that was good. It still suffers, I think, from the season one kind of issue where it's not as gag heavy. There isn't like yeah. consistent gags. It's very story driven, which I don't mind, but definitely. Yeah. Didn't think it was hilarious. No, like I, I still really enjoyed it, and I think Homer's redemption at the end is really satisfying. Mm. Um, we get all the family involved, which is nice. Well, and we see, and we see a lot of the side characters in this one as well. We see a little bit, yeah, it's little great. glimpses. The bit of Mister Burns is great. I mean, he's a much more sober version of the character he would go on to be. But yeah. I do enjoy the bit where he's asking. Well, first he gives out to him about the picture going around and being like, you know. We here, we're, we're a family-driven company, and we found out that 50% of the people who use our nuclear power are women. And then he asks Snitters to leave and asks over for love advice. <laughs> like, how do I woo a woman? I love the bit as well, where he's in the burlesque house, and over starts dancing with all those women. And Burns is like, how does he do with Smithers? And Snitters is like, he's a love machine, he's a love machine, sir. <laughs> so funny. I will say the finale in the burlesque house is very fun. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's very funny, but I think it's it's very fun. Like, you know, when he's trying to get that person's cashmere lady to show Bart she's a normal woman, but then he ends up going up on the chain thing with her, he's just hanging from it and falls down. I love the bit of the man singing that really weird song. Oh, I could love a million girls. Yeah. <laughs> Homer falls on top of him and he's like, get off my stage, fatso. Then everyone's like, hey, it's a guy in the picture. <laughs> the music guy is like, Oh, sorry, I didn't re- realize who I was looking at. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for a real animal right here. Homer Simpson, party guy. <laughs> like, gives it like a really meaningful hug. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was fun. But, yeah, that being said, I I, yeah. I, I think I enjoyed it a lot more than you. Um, yeah. I would give it a 7.5. 7.5? Yeah, I'd probably give it a 7. I still think it's a very fun episode. It has that kind of charm of season one where... Sure, it's not where the show is just yet, but it, it's still enjoyable, and you can see it kind of finding itself a little what bit. What I do like with the really early seasons, like one and two, yeah, is you get the most obscure characters in there. You do because <laughs> they, they, they don't really know who their side characters it's are. Like, yet. I remember I don't even know this kid's name, but he was with Bart in the library. Oh, and he was—you never see him again, yeah. And that, and obviously, it's weird because his eyes, yeah, and, and that's not like the Simpsons they're like little, little little black dots, yeah. yeah. And never see that kid again. I no. noticed in that scene. I mean, I don't know if this was like a problem with the them Animation. transferring it onto the the streaming or not, but oh yeah, um, that kid in that scene was like, um, <laughs> not yellow. Oh, you're right. And yeah, then, he then, was a little darker. When yeah. it cuts to the bit where he's at home with his dad. He's completely yellow. Yeah. yeah, you're so right. I don't think that's a streaming problem. I think that's just animation issues. Yeah. I mean, the first season is filled with those. Of course. <laughs> you know, but yeah. Yeah, I didn't like it as much as you. I, I will say it wouldn't be my favourite episode of the first season. There's there's aspects of, of, the, of the episode that kind of like make it hard for me to kind of connect with it. Like... I don't really agree with the whole message at the end where he's doing that big speech being like, you know, sorry, I do agree with the message where he says, you know, women are so much more than just these objects, you know, they're, they're our wives and our mothers and stuff like that. I get that speech, but it's like the women he's talking about are like burlesque dancers who are consensually working there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, what's the issue? Do you know? And also it's like that picture going around and was like, oh, he's just a party animal and Marge is like, 
you know, I, I, I need you to apologize for the way you made that woman look. It's like, he's just dancing with her. She's, she's, yeah, she's, <laughs> it's her job. Yeah, also, she led Homer up to yeah. dance with him, you know what I mean? It's like, he, he didn't do anything, really. Yeah, I don't know, that, that, that whole thing didn't really make sense to me. And there's one thing about the episode that really throws me off, it's only because that YouTuber I watch real Jim's covered this episode extensively in one of his videos, and he mentions that it, the whole thing about Marge being in the burlesque house watching watching that whole thing happen with Homer. Like, how does she know where he was going to be? What's she doing there? It's like, that's so true. How the hell does she know? What, what's she doing there? <laughs> I, I, I can't not notice that now. What do you mean? Marge is in the burlesque house at the end watching it. Oh, right. Okay. But yeah. do you remember the, the whole thing happens before that where Homer and Bart can't find her. They don't yeah. know where to go and they go to a bunch of different clubs before they find that one. So how would Marge know to be there? You know what I mean? Oh, that yeah, bit throws true. me off now because of... I never realised before but in hearing him talk about it I'm like oh yeah it doesn't make absolutely no sense that she's there <laughs> you know? that's true actually yeah I feel bad I'm being very critical of Simpsons this week make no mistake I'm not in a bad mood I absolutely adore the show more than anything any piece of media there is in the world there just happen to be two episodes I'm not particularly fond of in different ways I mean Homer's Night Out is Oscar worthy in comparison to Misha's Murder of course, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah it's just not it wouldn't be my it wouldn't be my least favorite of, of, of the first season either but definitely my favorite I'd say it's like bang in the middle mm -hmm. 7 out of 10 yeah but yeah continuing on let us do the impressions <laughs> so yeah impressiones so yeah like I said uh, I'm going to get rid of the segment soon so it'll be this podcast and the next podcast and that segment is gone i'm getting closer to what i think the new segment will be i had some different ideas i will announce that in due course once i made my final decision but yeah this week i decided to go for kent brockman so as always it'll be four impressions and one of them is not the character so have a guess so number one for those watching who turned out to see my stand-up comedy debut with zanies last night i apologize for what i said about moroccans Number two, joblessness is no longer for philosophy majors. Useful people are starting to feel the pinch too. Number three, a large bear-like animal, most likely a bear, has wandered down the hills in search of food. And number four, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Democracy simply doesn't work. Um, four. The democracy yeah. one. It was actually number one for those oh. watching who turned out to see my Saddam comedy debut with Zanies last night. I apologize for what I said about Moroccans. It was actually Tom Tucker from Family oh. Guy who was the news oh, broadcaster yeah, in that. Yeah. And I was looking at their lines. I'm not shitting on Family Guy. I love Family Guy, but those characters are so similar. <laughs> like, you could take everything each of those characters say and yeah. have the other character say it and it would make perfect sense. You know what I mean? Because they're both news broadcasters who are also very flawed people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I love Tom Tucker. I love Seth Friends' voice for Tom Tucker, actually. I think he's a great character. But yeah, then jumping into the quivia. Hey. Hey, come on. Everyone's favourite. So yeah, there's always two pieces of trivia and then... It's probably when everyone sort of switches off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think people are intrigued to hear... What the question is, probably hear if they, if they know it or not, and then hear if yeah. you know it. I think people enjoy this segment. And then roll their eyes when I don't. <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, what what's Homer's favorite food? Uh, uh, chicken? Uh... <laughs> 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 but yeah, uh, the trivia first. So this is John Lithgow's second appearance on the show, and the first one where he doesn't play himself. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if... Um, does he... 
lick cows in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's actually how he got the part because Matt Groening is also really interested in licking, licking cows. Cow, he, yeah. he ran into John Lithgow okay. at one of those cow licking retreats in America. You know, I think it's in Texas. <laughs> and yeah, he's like, oh, do you want to be in the show again? I love John Lithgow, just to say, on a complete, complete side note. He's such a talented man. He's done so many different things. He's had such a varied career. Like, he has a great voice acting career. He played Yoda in a radio play, which is a random thing people don't really know about him. And he's done some great dramatic roles. Like, he played the Trinity Killer in Dexter. He played a trans woman in The World According to Garp, a great, like, indie drama from the 80s that Rob Williams is also in. Uh, he's done a lot of comedies as well. Like he was on a sitcom called Third Rock from the Sun. I, I, I'm always inspired by people who have such a varied career. He's really yeah. kind of done everything uh-huh. in regards to performing. He's a lot of theater. He was in a musical version of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Like it's just an interesting career. I read autobiography. It's just, it's just called Drama. That anyone who's interested in performing would highly recommend. But yeah, just 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 an amazingly talented man. The final piece of trivia is in the 90s, Bart Simpson made it onto the 100 top most influential people. He's the only fictional character to ever feature on this list. And Surround you know what? Fact. It's probably true because he did influence a lot of I mean, me and you. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> Especially back in the 90s when the show was like at its peak, like people were wearing Bart yeah, Simpson t shirts. Exactly, like, yeah. I think nowadays Homer is a more beloved character, but at, at this period in time. But people, when we were young, Bob yeah, Simpson was cool. That's true too. Yeah, like now Homer Simpson is my favorite fictional character of all time. But yeah, when I was younger, it was of course it was Bart, and I thought I was Bart, and now I realize I'm nothing like Bart. If anything, I'm like Millhouse or Principal Skinner. But you know, it was nice to believe for a little while that I was as cool as Bart Simpson. <laughs> it's interesting when you get older, you can appreciate Bart in, in a different way. Like I love Bart, but now I see Bart as like this unachievable like yeah. kid rebel who I could never be. Whereas when I was younger, I like. I always wanted to be more like him. Like, oh, how can I, how can I be more cheeky and more vicious and rebellious as Barry Simpson? You know what I mean? But yeah, jumping into the quiz. So as always, 10 questions and the score for you, Sebastian Sanger, to beat is still 6 out of 10. You ready? Damn, let's go. Yeah. Number one, what's the name of Homer's brother? Seymour. Same as Principal Skinner. <laughs> No, it's Herb. Herb. Two, how many spikes does Bart have on his hair? Seven. One more guess. Eight. Nine. Ah. <laughs> if I gave you one more guess, you would have said it. <laughs> Three, how many kids does Apu have? Oh, God. Nine. <laughs> one more guess. Eight. Half a point. <laughs> what was it? Eight, yeah. That's why oh, it's oh, right. it half a point. Four, what's Mr. Burns' full name? Oh god, um I don't know. You don't know at all? No. You only want to like say half of it? Uh they say it in Rosebud. I know. <laughs> I can't remember. No, it's Charles Montgomery Burns. Yeah. I would have said the Monty I as am well. Not with it today. <laughs> Apparently not. Number five, what's the name of Ned Flanders' deceased wife? Oh my god. Ned, Ned's wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um can't remember. <laughs> oh no. Uh, sorry, very tight. I can't remember. I thought it was being nice today. No recollection. No. Do you yeah. want to just guess a name? Velma. Okay, Maud. Maud. I mean, if you don't know that, I guess you don't know this one. How did Maud die? Uh, got shot with a t-shirt cannon. Ah, oh, nice. Hey, hey, hey. I mean, <laughs> definitely a point earned there. Number seven. Who never guessed out on the show? Three people. Who was sorry? 
never guest star on the show. So three people, one of them has not been on the show. Gordon Ramsay, Kate Blanchett, or Robin Williams. I'll obviously only accept your first answer. Gordon Ramsay. And uh, it was Robin Williams. Oh, wow. That's yeah. surprising. I know, right? That was kind of the trick there. I was there. just going to say that, yeah, because I thought it would be the obvious one. Yeah, like if you if he wasn't the show, you would be aware of that episode. But yeah, that's kind of the trick there. Because like Gordon Ramsay and Kate Blanchard are two people you wouldn't really expect to be on The Simpsons. They both have been. Rob Williams is someone who was, would be perfect. Like, he would fit into the show perfectly. And no, he was never on it, yeah. Do you know why that never happened? It seemed like an obvious... Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think there's any particular reason. I think just maybe, maybe they never tried. Maybe he was just always busy. They couldn't get a hold of him. I don't think he had anything against the show. It just never happened. There is one random thing that came to my head just there. There is a scene in the movie... One hour photo, brilliant drama that Robin Williams is in. It's on Disney Plus. There's a scene in that movie where he watches The Simpsons. <laughs> That's the one oh, little connection. I, I, I know can... of this film. I haven't seen it, but so I do recommended it. Yeah, apparently oh, it's, it's quite creepy. Really yeah. creepy. Yeah, it's such a different role for him. Basically, he plays like a someone who works in you know like like like, like a photo booth. Obviously, yeah. isn't really a thing anymore. Well, it's still a thing, but it's not as popular. We're like you know families would take photos in their Polaroids, and then someone would go and they would. Yeah print the photos like what Bart does with his bike camera and Homer's light out cool. see we're connecting it and um, basically there's this woman who keeps you know just obsessed with taking pictures, pictures of her children and her husband and herself that keeps coming to the store to print new photos and Robin becomes obsessed with his family basically Robin Williams' character yeah great great movie I'd highly recommend it I mean most people by now probably had Disney Plus it's on Disney Plus it's a, it's a Fox movie would highly recommend anyhow number 8 what's the name of Springfield's rival town um, the town in the yeah. of Troy. Yeah, Shelbyville. Hey, yeah. nice. Yeah, Shelbyville. Not bad at all. Number nine. Which character on the show has five fingers? Uh, the only character with five fingers. Yay! There we go. We got into your head. And number ten. Name one character Harry Shear voices. <laughs> what was my answer last week? I'm not going to tell you that. Oh, you, uh, you 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 don't want it to count as an answer? No, I'm just wondering what my answer was last week. Your answer last week was right. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, you had one right one. I said I'll give you an extra point if you get oh, the other um, one. That you I'm going to say that. Sideshow Bob. No. Mo. No. One more guess. Um, Principal Skinner. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> a quarter of a point. Half a point. I'll give you half a point. <laughs> Which brings you to... A four out of ten. Okay. Yeah. I started off bad, but I brought it back. You brought it bit. back at the end. Yeah, yeah. you got some some ones I didn't expect you to get. So you know, not too shabby. Yeah. I think whenever I, whenever I do want to conclude this segment, I just want to give you the easiest ten ever. <laughs> <laughs> just like the yeah. most What's Homer's favorite food. What's the name of the dad? Yeah. <laughs> What's the four wheeled object that Bart likes riding? On? <laughs> <laughs> just something like if you didn't get it, it would be humiliating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, that's concluded with our recommendation of the week. Do you want to go first? Rock, paper, rock, paper, scissors. Let's do it. One, rock, paper, scissors. We got, we got paper. Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> paper again. Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> he got scissors. I got. Right. I had paper, so yeah. Um, I'm going to go for the Ricky Gervais show. Oh, cool. But not the obvious ones that were aired on TV oh that's what you're talking about Go you, on, you mean the XFM show 
the XFM show, but yeah. also you could call it the Ricky Gervais show. It's, mm. it's up to you. And usually on like streaming audio platforms, it's, yeah. called, it's, it's called Ricky, Steven, Karen. If you if you go online and you just go on RickyGervais.com, yeah, you will find all the all the um, the glory XFM pop. XFM was a indie radio station in London at the time. Does not exist anymore. Not anymore. Oh, I know that. That Ricky sort of built his career on and then brought Stephen Carl in. Yeah. Um, Carl worked there anyway, and that's how they met. Yeah. Um, Never intended on being on the radio or yeah. doing any of the things he would go on to do because of Ricky. Which is what makes him such a great character. Almost, yeah, totally. It's disrespectful to call him a character because it's just him. But he's a, he's a fascinating <laughs> human being. Yeah. Like He went on to make TV shows and yeah, star and Derek. Yeah. yeah, he has that TV show as well that... Where he's a star, what's it called again? It's Sick of it? Yes, I know. Yeah, where he plays like two people. I haven't seen, I've only seen trailers, but like he plays two people and they're both just him because he's not a versatile actor. It's so interesting. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's brilliant. It's so you can call it the Ricky Gervais show, it is on his website, but it's it's, it's XFM. Yeah. Um, radio stations from the early 2000s. Mm hmm. Um, so you got it from like when they're just releasing The Office to. When they're sort of finishing extras, basically. Yeah, it spawns like a couple of years. Um, and honestly, if you're, you can listen to this anytime. If you're waking up in the morning, if you're going to bed, mm. if you want it to listen to on the train, it's it's such a versatile podcast. Yeah, for sure. It can be calming or intense. It's completely up to your mood. Yeah. Um, and if you just enjoy Ricky Gervais and Steve Merchant being witty and making fun of a <laughs> stupid mank then <laughs> you know this is the podcast for you it's yeah. brilliant it's it saved my life in, in well it's dramatic but it's it's what got me through lockdown wow um, i listened to it every day from when i woke up to when i went to bed it was on all the time because it was wow. like they were there that's the same so i've listened through it 10 times probably all the episodes wow um there's a lot to get through but you could you four could, seasons five there's like there's five, five, and then there's also like extra episodes that they did under other platforms, oh, like right. not XFM. Uh, there's so much, okay, and you can stick on any episode, and you'll be right there and enjoying it. It's, oh yeah, it's all, for sure. All, it doesn't matter what order you watch no. it, really. Mm. So yeah, that's what I'd recommend. Yeah, fair. I'm listening listening to it, nor is I'm a completionist. But I'm also listening to like. Get through our podcast. So I'm slowly getting yeah. through it, but I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm, it's like, good when you don't want a, a specific subject. Yeah, it's for just... sure. Because I mean that 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 was what, 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 what I was about to say is that is the glory of Ricky Gervais show is that like it's about nothing. Yeah, like, it's just entertaining, funny, witty. Just yeah, I mean Ricky and Stephen are comedic geniuses, and yeah. then you throw in one just someone who just comes out with the most insane statements and it's just it's just really entertaining there's a great trio i mean it's it, i would say like like i said i listen to many podcasts it's probably one of the most memorable podcasts like there's just so many random things from that stick with me yeah like when when carol finally gets his uh what is the exam that you guys have here um G gcse's he gets, yeah. gets his gcse results because he just he just never bothered to get them. He, yeah. he he didn't care. Ricky wanted to find out, so they got it. And he he only got one result. And I think it was for history. <laughs> he got a D in it. 
nothing else because he didn't sign in. Yeah, he didn't sign, <laughs> he didn't sign up for it. <laughs> he did the exam, but he didn't sign in, so he couldn't but count. He, he somehow signed up for history. He remembered for history, but for nothing else. It's so funny. I also love, I mean, one of the most, like, I you know. They, they give him books. To, like read in the week yeah like, oh yeah like history of the week and stuff like that that's also really entertaining just hearing his takes on like really big things though i mean the most like mean part of the whole show has to be when he says you never see an old man you should get yeah, twins that's one of the most memorable ones just it's so funny because it's, it's such an insane statement but it's also true it's like yeah it's it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's mad but it's true i've never seen but it it's like whoever who would think of that no yes exactly who would think oh i've never seen an old man eat a twin <laughs> <laughs> it's so true but, but you never have i i can't i can't yeah. recall it's always been a kid or like someone our age <laughs> yeah and it, it is a super super fun podcast yeah and if anyone wants to listen to it, I mean, it saved Sebastian's life, so that's uh, yeah, yeah. probably as good a recommendation as you can get, really. Yeah, yeah. It, was, <laughs> it was my life for a good few months. That's crazy. So, yeah. That's funny, actually. That connects you with my buddy from Ireland, Kelby, who I lived with during the lockdown. They used to listen to it to go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, they said it was just such a peaceful thing to fall asleep to. I have a lot of to. friends, yeah, that listen to it to go to sleep. Yeah, they said it was just I a peaceful thing to fall asleep to. Yeah, they would like listen to. They wouldn't fall asleep listening. They listen like the whole forty-five minutes, and by the time it's over, like ready for bed. Yeah, it is, it is a peaceful Ricky's, podcast. Ricky's cackle, I can't quite see it. So. <laughs> yeah, his cackle is the best though. It gets yeah. you right there, which I'm like, I love someone ever Carol say something really, really like savage about Stephen, and Ricky will go, "Oh, he's done you again." Yeah, right? <laughs> get them yeah, I love that so much. But yeah, I'll, we'll get into my recommendation. Yeah, and in the space of time since we've done the last podcast, the thing that has like just stuck with me the most has to be After Sun. I could not recommend this movie enough. I will say at the beginning, it stressed me out because it is the most understated movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It does not tell you anything. It expects the audience to be intelligent. Yeah. And like I said, it stressed me out for a little bit, but once I got into it, I was so invested. And I really respect the movie for that. It, it doesn't spoon-feed you like most major Hollywood film releases do. I mean, obviously, it's like 24, which is always going to be a bit more indie and a bit more experimental. But it, 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 it just leaves it up to the audience to decide what's going on. And if you don't click with that and you don't get it, tough you know what i mean it it, yeah. it never gives Which you i a, appreciate yeah, yeah it just expects you to, to to be intelligent and and to be focused and driven and want to find out what's going on and once i did i was so there with it i mean i can't say too much about the movie because if i say you give it away if i say anything yeah. if i give too much detail about the movie i'm yeah i'm giving it away but essentially the film is at its very base core it's, a, it's just about a dad and a daughter going on a holiday together and the dad is is estranged from their mother the dad is brilliantly played by Paul Mescal, who is an Irish actor. So whenever I see an Irish person just mm. killing it, I <laughs> obviously Sebastian hates that shit. Yeah. But whenever I see an Irish actor just killing it, that always makes me very happy. But he's not—he's not Irish in the movie. He has a Scottish accent because I believe mm. Charlotte Wells is the writer director yeah. is Scottish, and the movie is clearly very personal about her relationship with her father in real life and. That's really as much as I can say without giving too much away. I will say that the, the movie is also like part like their holiday and part like kind of little um, video footage that they that they both yeah. took together. 
Which either and, I am a sucker for like archive. Yeah, home video. Yeah, and it's so. I mean, it is still just the actors playing them, but the the home video feels so real. Like the acting is so nuanced. The little girl in it, probably not even ten. She is sensational in this movie. Like she's, I, I, I hope going to go on to do great things. She's an incredible actress. Their relationship throughout the movie, the way it develops, is so beautiful. But it's also so like it doesn't have a very, it doesn't have that obvious arc where it's like. Maybe there's a bit of tension at the start, and by the end of it, they love each other. It doesn't do that. It does something very different. It's more realistic to how anyone's relationship would be with a parent, yeah. that it changes day by day. You know what I mean? It's, it's a really beautiful movie. By the end of it, I was absolutely bawling. It's so human. It's such a celebration of what it is to be a human being, how it feels to have a family. The whole movie is told from that girl's perspective, and it really does it's so real it's like uh -huh. Sharon Wells clearly remembers being a child so vividly because you're watching and you're like oh this was what it was like to be on a family holiday when you're that age yeah. you know what I mean and it's so like the hotel in the movie is not glamorous like it would usually be in a Hollywood movie it's so like just the kind of holiday home you would go to when you're you know a working class family Yeah, it's done so beautifully like I came out of it with just like I said, it stressed me out at first. Once I got with it, I was so invested. I came out of it just feeling warm. It was a hug. Like, there's not any real conflict in the movie. It's just a very baseline, normal story. It does something very different. That, like I said, it can't. I can't say that because that will give away the whole movie. But at its core, it's so simple. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful film. It wouldn't be my favorite movie of the year. That's still definitely Banshees. But it's definitely at least top five. Maybe even top three. Yeah, wonderful film. Could not recommend it enough. I will give one more update before we, before we wrap up the podcast as well as I my recommendation of the week last week was Hacks which I was still in the middle of watching I finished Hacks this week and that show I could not recommend enough either it, it's only two seasons on Amazon in the UK and Ireland and I think HBO Max in the US I think everywhere else in the world is also on Amazon mm. but it's, just, it's just a great show I, I, I covered it enough last week I won't get too into it now I will just say and having seen the whole show now it pays off. It's so good. It's a really, really funny show, but with some great dramatic moments. Gene Smart and Hannah Einbinder are sensational in it. And the way that they... The last season's kind of written, like, in case they don't get picked up, it's the last episode. But there could be another season if they want there to be one. You yeah. know what I mean? They did it really cleverly. And they're sensational. In the second season as well, this actor Paul W. Downs, who plays the agent in it, Jimmy, they give his character more to do in the second season because clearly he stood out in the first one. And it, the, what they did with his character was brilliant. I actually came out of it thinking he was the best actor in the show. He's so funny. Yeah, just, a, just a good character. It's a well-written, interesting, different character. Yeah, that's it. Sounds good. I think, yeah, just some fun, different things. I think they're all different. They kind of challenge your viewing in a different way. You know, like, Aperson is an understated film. Hacks is a good mix of comedy and drama. And then the Ricky Gervais show is a podcast about nothing. So much podcasts nowadays have to be about something. Subject. They have to have a theme or they have to be about the Simpsons. It helped because it was a radio show as well. That's true, actually. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, it was on XFM during the day. So they like, take, it's not really they take calls. Yeah. yeah, it's it's it's, it's the, test, the test of time. It is timely. Yeah. It really is timely. So the test of time. So now it's being on, you know, it's on Spotify. It's on Ricky's website and everything else. And it's still... It's one of the most streamed podcasts of all time. I think it is the most streamed podcast in the UK. Really? I believe so. I mean, don't hold me to that. It definitely was at one point. It could have been beaten by now, but it definitely was at one point. I think it's certainly so. Once you're once you're in it, 
you are hooked. Yeah, you're going to listen to the yeah. whole things. You want to hear all the absolute shenanigans and antics they get up to over the course of those five years. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, anyhow, <laughs> that wraps it all up. We liked everything this week apart from The Simpsons. Yeah, literally. <laughs> No, I know The Simpsons is just, hey, it wasn't their best episode. It's going to happen. We'll get them next 33 time. 33 years Simpsons. in. What's that? We'll get them next time. We'll get time. them next time, kids. I love you, Simpsons, and I love you guys, and see you all soon. Ciao, ciao. Ciao.